Right. If you'd like a voice that's easy, expressive and human, if you want to deliver your words in a way that really makes your listener feel something, you know, and if you want a clearer voice during hay fever season, cold and flu season and even... Yikes, I've sung too loud at a Bon Jovi concert season. (laughs) Then join me for Mouth to Mic. It's my new online voice training programme that comes with its own private community of voice gigs, just like you. For all the info, head over to bit.ly forward slash mouth to mic. That's bit.ly forward slash mouth to mic. Welcome to the Voice Coach Podcast, here for all your speaking voice training and guidance. My name is Nick Redman and I am offering you all sorts of nuggets of wisdom on how to keep your voice in good working order and a true representation of who you are. So if you're a podcaster, presenter, actor, speaker or voiceover artist or a general voice geek, you're in good hands. Shall we get started? Happy birthday week! Oh, it's a very exciting week uh, for the Voice Coach podcast this week because it's turning one. It's its one birthday. Can't quite believe it, but there we are. Happy birthday to the podcast. I suppose sort of to me <laughs> in a way. Oh, I'm so youthful. One year old. Anyway, to celebrate, I've got a whole week of uh, things, voice related things. I've got some extra episodes of this podcast coming featuring two people that I really admire in the world of voice training. I managed to corner them for interviews and chats. So that'll be coming this week and next week. I've got a whole week of free voice lessons and voice coaching sessions over in the Voice and Accent Hub as part of the New Year New Voice Inspirational Week to get you uh, going again. And I've got an amazing, exciting new online course available for you to book in just a few days time. So if you've been like, listening to all the episodes of this podcast and having a play around with the voice training in your own time, in your own space. And you think, you know what? I think I trust this gal. (laughs) I like the cut of her jib and I'm ready to commit to working with her in the, well, virtual flesh, (laughs) I suppose. Then you'll want to get booked on. There'll be a little discount as well for a birthday week celebration. So keep an ear out for that. I'm not going to give all the juicy details yet. So, you know, stand down. But as a teaser, this course I'm really excited about it. When you do this course, you're going to come away with a huge toolbox of voice exercises, tips and techniques to really give you autonomy over your voice prep and introduce you to, you know, exactly what you need to get your voice ready for speaking in a safe and efficient way. It's really the fundamentals of what I work through in a lot of my one-to-one coaching sessions, you know, the stuff that comes up time and time again. I'm just really fucking excited to be able to sort of distill it down and bring it to you in this way that's accessible to anybody who who fancies it, but, you know, maybe doesn't have the chance to do one-to-ones right now. Anyway, all the details will be released very soon, so make sure you're on my mailing list, my non and annoying <laughs> mailing list to get first dibs on a spot. And if you're not on there, you can get on there via my website, nickrebbenvoice.com. Anyway, parish notice is over. On to this episode. Ugh, so much gold coming. It's the first of a two-parter because there was too much in there to cut out. So I've just <laughs> separated it into two. It's me chatting with the remarkable Dan Chalfin. He's a voice coach and rehab specialist who, fun fact, was the first voice teacher I ever had on my first degree in like 2003. So I've known him for, 
a very long time. Uh, and he can't get rid of me. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> He's been teaching voice for over 20 years, 18 of which have been spent in some of the UK's best specialist voice clinics. He's got over 2,000 hours of practical clinical research on over 500 singers from all genres, including recording artists, West End shows, performers with complex voice disorders. He's been looking at singers and speakers from all angles, inside and out, <laughs> in the clinic and backstage. And he runs courses and workshops for singers, singing teachers and speech therapists and me when I can squeeze in. So although he's worked a lot with singers, so much of what he's got to say and stuff that comes out of his brain is incredibly useful for speakers. And that's why I, I want you to hear this interview. He is somebody who constantly keeps up to date with their training and their own development, which is why I trust him with my voice and any other voices. So I want you to hear what he's got to say. Anyway, this was recorded as a live interview for my community on Facebook. So that we did this in the Voice and Accent Hub. So if you want to see it in full with all the visual extras, then get in there. I've put the link in the bio, but it does mean that the audio has a few quirks. So uh, thank you for your understanding of that in advance. Sometimes it's not about the audio quality. It's about the actual words that come out of people's mouths is the important bit. <laughs> so anyway, we pick this interview up with me asking Dan about every advice giver on the internet's favourite topic, diet and the voice. <laughs> Somebody asked about chocolate. Someone who was watching the interview live asked about chocolate. I love my audience. Anyway, off we went. The thing about diet in general is that there are no hard and fast rules when it comes to voice. So chocolate gets a bad rap because for some people it makes them a bit prone to acid reflux. Some people dairy affects, you know, worse than others. There has been a little bit of study into, into mucus secretions and dairy. And for people who tolerate dairy, you tend to see a bit of thicker, stickier mucus production for about half an hour, and then it sort of returns to normal. So all of this kind of, oh, you mustn't ever have a cheese sandwich, or you must never have a hot chocolate. It's like, well, I mean, like having a couple of hours before the gig, and you're probably going to be fine, unless you have some great intolerance to it. You really have to listen to your own body here. The other one that, that I love to talk about is caffeine. No tea, no coffee. There's really good science on this. If you're a regular user, so if you're a, you know, four coffee a day kind of person, <laughs> um, I've had four already and it's only 11 a.m. Any <laughs> <Hey>, Thursday. <laughs> yeah, it's not diuretic if you partake in it routinely. So, you know, if you don't normally have caffeine and you do have a coffee, yep, you're going to pee it straight out. But normally, you know, if you're using it, it's not a huge problem. So lots of myths around food and drink and, and all of that. It's, it's all a bit silly. You know, nothing you suck, swallow or chew ever gets anywhere near your vocal folds. It's anatomy 101. If it did, you'd choke. <laughs> So there's nothing you can eat or drink that's going to help you. There's nothing really you can eat We're or drink. It's going to be done in no time. Uh, On a vocal fold <laughs> level, there's nothing that's going to harm you or hurt you at the source. If you've got reflux issues, then of course there are things that you probably want to avoid depending on mm -hmm. what your triggers are. If you're drinking massive quantities of alcohol, just have some water in between. <laughs> I mean, just... Right that, know, right that time, right that time. Yeah, I mean, you know, well, it's why it's why at good cocktail bars they give you your drink and then they fill up your water because they know we're going to. Yeah, that's why. No, it's because they want to uh, keep you not getting too drunk so that you keep spending more money. But actually, for us, it's not a bad idea. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, true. With the diary stuff, for voiceovers and mic users particularly, mm-hmm. there's a lot of chat about mouth clicks and mouth noise. Mm-hmm. Is there anything in the diary stuff that you've mentioned that will or will not consistently no. affect that? No, that's behavioural. It's okay. behavioural. So when you think about how muscles work, if you've got a tongue click, if you're all, every time you open your mouth, you go, <laughs> it's because you've been pressing your tongue against a surface in your mouth. So you have to learn how to release things before. So you don't do that every time you breathe. If you've got strider, for example, which if, which is a jargony term for a noisy in-breath, <gasps> which can be quite problematic. <laughs> That's to do with, yeah. with the muscular system. So now we've got to be really realistic about what is behavioral and what is woo-woo. And most of, most of the diet stuff is just woo-woo. I'm I was afraid. expecting a really big fancy word, but you just said woo-woo. Woo-woo, yeah. Behavioral or, well, it's woo-woo. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's really interesting. I think behavior versus what we've been led to believe might or might not be happening is, is a really important thing. Awareness, like it's something I'm always saying to people is like, you ask me how long you need to warm up. When do you think your voice is ready? <laughs> like at what point do you feel like you're ready to go? Because that's just as important a piece of information. You don't need me to tell you over and over again how long you need to warm up. You might need a little bit of guidance of the right exercise. <laughs> but can we talk about warming up? I would love to. I would love to. Okay. So because I, again, this is one of those things that really surprises me in every initial consultation I ever have with anybody, whether they're a singer, an actor, a voiceover, whoever. One of the questions on that initial consult is, what do you do to warm up? And the sheer level of insanity and craziness that comes through is just bonkers. So if we just talk mechanics for a minute, let's just get back to how muscles work. So a warm up should really do four things. You should start with some stretch and release of vocal tract tension, because when it comes to producing a good voice, producing a flexible voice, having the best harmonics, having access to range, whatever, it's all about free range of motion. Nothing in the vocal mechanism stabilizes through fixed rigidity. It's about free range of motion. And life in the 21st century brings with it a whole load of resting tension. I mean, Steve Jobs has got a lot to answer for. You know, bad setups, driving, sitting at computers, being squished up on the tube, whatever it is, you know, sleeping funny. You know, there's all sorts of reasons we get tight and resting tension means that the muscles that are trying to move have to work harder against things that are stiff. So stretch and release of vocal tract tension. There's a million billion stretch and release exercises, shoulders, neck, jaw, tongue, face, lips, all that stuff. You should always start by removing resting tension so that then before you even go into using your voice, the the climate is in a better, more flexible condition. Then you've got to connect up some airflow. Airflow is the Facebook user. You're you're very welcome, Uh, but I'll I'll send you a bill if you want. Uh, Your email address in the comments. We've got to talk airflow because airflow is the petrol to your engine and how you're aligned, what your airflow mechanism is doing for particularly for high intensity voiceover. So for those of you guys who do cartoons, video games, anything that, you know, it's equally important if you're doing lots of, you know, sort of, I am the reassuring voice of the mm. Even audiobook narrators who narrate all day, batching all day. podcasts yeah. after once over and over and over again. 
So airflow is, is, is so important and airflow in performance voice is slightly, somebody just said, what about breathing? That's what we're talking about. Airflow is breathing and breathing is what? Fundamental. Fundamental. There you go. I have actually done that joke for Michelle Visage and her response is this. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Michelle. Yeah, no, she was, she was just like, oh, dang. So anyway, airflow, airflow, airflow. We've got to mobilize the airflow muscles. We've got to get the airflow levels just a little bit higher for performance voice than we do for everyday speech. So we want to mobilize that system. And then we get into the vocal tract. We've got to mobilize the larynx and the vocal tract. So this is where, you know, your SOVTs and your sirens and all that stuff are really useful just to start to work through range. Because again, especially if you're doing more high intensity stuff or more rangy stuff or character voices. Again, we really need that free range of motion. Um, so that, I mean, warming up really should be quite a quick process in my mind, you know, maybe five minutes of stretch and release, maybe one or two minutes of mobilizing your airflow machine, maybe one or two minutes of mobilizing the vocal track. But any more than that, you kind of go from warm up into wear out territory. Mm. And if your voice is still kind of not warm at that point, then you may be dealing with inflammatory issues like reflux, or there may be something fundamental in your muscular technique that's getting in your way. And that probably wants further investigation. But w when I hear people who are like, you know, oh, I'm warming up 15, 20, 30 minutes, I'm going, eh? I'm sure one of the courses I did, I'll say this a lot because I've done as many courses as, as I can possibly shoe into as a spoken voice coach <laughs> in this world. I'm like, can I come to that? even though it says it's for singers, is the difference between like a warm-up and a workout. So mm. the warm-up is preparatory and the workout is where you're maybe keying into one specific element of technique. Yeah, and workouts, I mean, workouts are all about building fitness, stamina, flexibility, agility, all of that stuff. And I'm a firm believer that we shouldn't work out on performing days. The performance is the workout. We, we mm. do not have infinite stores of vocal energy because remember, just because you can't see all the muscles that are producing your voice doesn't mean there aren't a lot of muscles using it. You wouldn't go and do a dance class on the morning of a night where you were dancing in a show. And Usain Bolt is not going to have a quick sprint around Tesco on the morning of an Olympic event. So it's the same thing for us. <laughs> we work out on the days where we're not performing, but, and we should be working out. And I think this is a little bit tricky with voiceovers, because often you don't know what you're doing until you get the script. Yeah. Ping, 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 ping. Yeah. So it's what do I do to work out? And I think actually keep all your old scripts, keep everything, keep everything in a giant file and then pick stuff out when you think, oh, I've got this big video game recording, you know, coming up, structure some workouts, just going through that more high intensity, more elaborate kind of voice use that you've done in the past run the scripts a couple of times a day just to keep the instrument primed and prepped and kind of ready. And then, of course, there are lots of, you know, vocal exercise products and books, and you can do loud counting, sort of Patsy Rodenberg style if you want to, but I find it quite boring. So <laughs> I would rather, I, I don't love sort of technique for technique's sake, so I'd rather always be applying it back into something that is more like the sport. Yeah. Exactly doing. I think that's so true for all voice training in one sense is putting it into context as quickly as you possibly can. Because yeah. sometimes with a lot of voice stuff from a spoken voice perspective, a lot of the methodology is quite, let's take some time and all this kind of stuff. And if you're like a hungover student in first year, a lot of the time you're like, what has this got to do with me being an actor? 
yeah. I can act. What am I what am I breathing into my bum cheeks for? Like what am I breathing <laughs> into my ass? What is that really doing for me? How do you how do you feel about some of the more image based uh, methodologies? So I, I'm about- not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. I've got to this. I mean, I remember being kind of, you know, younger and probably stupider um, and kind of being like, well, you know, just science, science. As I've gotten older and relaxed, what I've realized is that if the image-based stuff is working for you, who am I to say don't do it? I mean, if it works for you, work with it. But if it's not working for you, that's where we get the problem. When everything is, you know, imagine a lavender cloud as you uh, make your ooh vowel. You sort of go, (laughs) yeah. It's like when people come and say, support. And and you go, okay, great, how? And they go, you support it. And did you see that? episode of Shit's Creek where they're cooking and in the recipe it says fold in the cheese and David says to Moira what, what does that mean because well you fold it in <laughs> I can read but what what how what does that actually mean because well you just fold it I don't know how it can be clearer <laughs> I feel like that scene I remember watching that scene if you haven't seen it go look at it because I remember watching that scene just going yeah that's support that 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 yeah, I have barked oh. at me for so long and for and, and without any mechanical explanation we did a whole present like research presentation when i was training as a voice practitioner on uh, it was called support what the dot 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 and the whole at the start was all of us in the auditorium and me going and them going you need to support support from your diaphragm support your voice and then us going on stage going but what does that mean (laughs) and the whole thing was like what does it fucking mean and we did all this research and we contacted so many of the big spoken voice practitioners and they all came back with a different definition of what of what it means to them and I think that's the thing is what the hell does it mean I'm going to ask you about diaphragms in a sec but we might come up in this I don't know but um, with a word what does the word support mean to you I think it's actually quite a simple mechanical process so if you look at the three systems that get involved, you look at the musculoskeletal system, you look at the airflow system, you look at the vocal tract. You also have to look at the articulators, but they, the articulators, uh, so tongue, root, and jaw in particular, like to sort of get involved as like fake support if the real support isn't working. So, But we're not going to touch on them too much. But we think about muscles of alignment, putting the rest of our machine in a position where we have good, easy access to mobility in our abdomen. If we're sort of forward, head, forward, shoulders, the ribs. Take note, my users, take you. <laughs> yeah. I deal with this a lot in clients. Yeah, we bring the mic to us, not the other way around. I bow for no microphone. Um, <laughs> but if the alignment isn't sort of switched on, then impacts the flexibility in the breathing mechanism. If the breathing mechanism isn't flexible, it impacts the tension in the throat. So going back to support. So we think about body support. Do we have an appropriate alignment to let the machine work at its most free? We talk about airflow and air pressure. And I think if you think of it like a seesaw with flow on one side and pressure on the other, and you can all do a little experiment for me if you don't kind of know what I mean, put your fingers like this and put them on your lips slightly open and blow through them. That flow. Now shut your fingers and blow. That's pressure. Now open and shut your fingers as you blow. And so what you're feeling is this seesaw between airflow, how much is going out, air pressure, how much is being held back, 
having the appropriate access to flexibility in the abdomen so that you can vary the pressure and flow as needed. That's the key to support from the respiratory system. But then the question is, well, what's needed? Well, that's where we get to the vocal tract. And so think about your airflow system like your garden hose. Actually, you can think of the whole thing like your garden hose. So you turn on your garden hose and the water's not quite coming out. And then you look and you realize, oh, there's a kink in the hose. Okay, well, that's your alignment. Then you fix the kink, the water starts flowing. Okay, there's your airflow. Now, if you pop your thumb over the nozzle, that holds water back, that increases pressure. Okay, that's your larynx and vocal tract. And so depending on the noise you want to make, the flow versus pressure is going to be different. So if we're doing, these are not just voiceovers, these are M&S voiceovers. <laughs> if it's a gentle, breathy tone, the airflow is much higher than the pressure. If you're trying to do something really exciting, come down because I'm going to sell you something really important that you don't need. And it's going to be really, really cheap because it's Black Friday. Way! You know, and you're doing all of that kind of stuff. Well, the air pressure is a lot higher because there's more involvement in the vocal folds and vocal tract. So your breath support has to be set up to be able to free vary based on the needs of the vocal tract. Now, that's a whole other thing. And if you don't know about how you set that up and how that works, well, I mean, you got to pay for that, I'm afraid. But, um, <laughs> I did. <laughs> but, that's you know, but a really nice support. Sorry. support. Support is about keeping the instrument aligned so that you've got flexibility and airflow. So you have the right amount of airflow and air pressure balance against the needs of the vocal tract. That's support. That's all it I is. Yeah, I love the idea that support in itself as a concept is responsive and flexible to whatever it is you're doing. You know, there is no one support for everything. Like that's really, I think, a really nice, refreshing way to look at it. And don't forget, your diaphragm is a muscle of breathing in. Its primary job is to breathe in, not out. So this idea of supporting with the diaphragm, which again, doesn't make a lot of sense because one, it's a breathing in muscle. And two, it doesn't have sensory nerve endings. So you can't feel it. You can't feel it. So it's like saying support from your diaphragm is a bit like saying, you know, knit with spoons. You you can't do it. (laughs) Somebody out there is going to give it a go, though, aren't they? I happen to be a spoon knitter and I find that highly offensive. Spoon knitters anonymous. (laughs) Um, They also speak with their diaphragms there. (laughs) No. Yeah. Sorry. When you talked about airflow and air pressure, mm-hmm. I immediately went to SOVT, semi-occluded vocal mm-hmm. tract exercises. Is that the sort of stuff that you do to play around and explore that? Or sort of. SOVT, semi-occluded vocal tract exercises, when they're at home, they're just called and if you want to use the dreaded straw, you can, but we can talk more about that in a moment. I got it. Can't wait. Can't wait to talk about um, Anything where we put a small occlusion, they do a couple of things. SOVTs in the first instance should actually yeah, help balance the responsiveness in the airflow system if all those muscles are actually working correctly. But the other thing they do, because there's a little bit of back pressure, they encourage really gentle vocal fold closure which is quite nice because there's this really awful idea that closure is a really muscular process. Mm. And it isn't. It's actually about how floppy the vocal folds are so that they can be sucked together completely by the breath stream. It's called the Bernoulli principle. It's sort of what keeps helicopters and planes in the air. And if you're really sciencey minded, you can go look at Bernoulli. But we get good closure through really relaxed, floppy vocal folds that get sucked together by airflow. 
the really good thing that SOVTs do is that they mobilize. If, if you've got the right one for your vocal tract, we'll talk about that in a second, they should really help you increase range of motion in the larynx and the pharynx. The side hustle with a great SOVT is it ought to, and the way we find what your best SOVT is, is it ought to switch off your tongue root. And that's the bit I think people often miss mm. is that SOVTs are not one size fits all. You do have to find the one that fits your anatomy and your current respiratory habits the best. So lots of people will go immediately to a lip trill. And it's tight as a cat's arse because the tongue roots in. And then, of course, when the tongue roots on, the larynx can't go up and down and backwards and forwards. The, the pharynx can't narrow and widen. And it creates a lot of unnecessary pressure in the breathing system. So if your lip trill is set up badly, can actually be doing you more harm than good. So I will take my clients through a series of SOVTs and we will rate which one gives us the least amount of tongue root engagement through the least amount of range until we find their best one. And then they just stick to that one. And we go, well, let's put all the other ones in the bin. That's your best mm. SOV. That's the one that's meeting all four goals. I love that because it's this idea that like the lip chill kind of fixes everything and everyone needs to be able to do a lip chill and, and all this kind of stuff. I literally had a client before this who was like, I can't do a lip trill. What's wrong with me? I was like, well, we'll have a play with it, but you know, we'll, we'll find something else. So if there's someone out there who's like, I can't do a lip trill, would you say it's something to do with tension or airflow? It could just be their anatomy. It could just be their anatomy. It depends on the sort of your lips and your cheeks and your airflow and everything else. So, and it could be an airflow issue. Very often people who can't trill do have airflow sort of problems, but it really isn't just, you know, oh, well, I have to do a lip trill. I have to do a tongue trill. I have to do a tongue out raspberry. I have to be able to do this. It, it actually doesn't matter. You have to find the bespoke one that meets the four goals. And that's connect up the airflow, get the vocal folds closing gently, mobilize the larynx and the vocal tract and switch off the tongue root. If your SOVT is hitting all four goals, you win. I love that. I love that there's like one exercise that can sort of get to that. Mm -hmm. it Listen, you said straws. Yeah. Okay. Can I just so, say, can I just say, there's a bit like, so there's like straws everywhere at the moment. Uh -huh. um, I have used them with clients. I have one. Mm -hmm. Lots of people here have them. Yeah. Um, lots of people who like know loads of stuff, mm -hmm. or like a straw. What's your take? What's your take? Oh, what a cliffhanger. <laughs> Can't wait to share Dan's opinion on straws uh, in voice training. That's coming up in part two, coming your way on Thursday of this week as birthday week continues. Yes, I am going to draw this birthday week out probably until over a week <laughs> into next week. But so the next part has some brilliant other nuggets of advice on the ageing voice on voice post-pregnancy and also what to do when you're all stuffed up, which is something us professional voice users often have to deal with. All right, remember to keep your eyes peeled for the big course release announcement coming in a few days. If you're joining in with the New Year New Voice free sessions in the Voice and Accent Hub, then you'll hear all about it, which is exciting. And that's sort of where the first announcement will probably be. There's still time to join in with that, by the way. So if you're like, what free voice sessions, Nick? Then join the Voice and Accent Hub and come in and play. I'm doing one sort of free voice class every day this week as a birthday 
joviality. <laughs> anyway, it's lots of fun. There's surprises and general all-round merriment. Okay, I think that's it. If you're on my mailing list, you'll get a notification for the next episode of this podcast. Uh, if you're not on the list, then pop to the website again, Nick Grebman Voice, and get yourself on there so that you get all of the information nice and early and all of the episodes when they're released. I think that's it. Okay, I'm going to go have a little celebratory drink. Of course, it'll just be a tea because I've got work to do. <laughs> but birthday week, thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening. And yeah, I will speak to you in a couple of days. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Voice Coach Podcast. For even more support with your speaking voice, head on over to our free community, The Voice and Accent Hub on Facebook. See you in there.